we're going to jump back into our series tonight, our series of uh, renewing our mind with the Word of God. We have to learn how to think right. This is actually the 10th week in this. So I want to encourage you, we kind of took a break, we went, the Holy Spirit just wanted us to go a different direction last week. Um, so that, if you look for that message, it would be under just single messages, but um, this one is part of this series. It's so important that you learn how to think like God. It's so important that you learn how to think in line with his word. That's what I mean when I say to think like God. So turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We're just going to go a little deeper. We just, if you notice on this, in this series, we're just kind of, we said a bunch of stuff. We've really talked a lot about the soul, how it operates. And then we, we just kind of, we, we went surfacey, then we went a little deeper. We're going to continue to going. We're just going to go further and further. I'm, I'm kind of stirred to talk about the will tonight. So we'll see if we can get over there. Uh, we want to just follow the Lord. We want to believe him for utterance. So Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, don't be conformed to this world, right? Don't be pressed into the mold of this world, but be transformed by the renewing or the renovation of your mind, okay? It says why? That we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Three adjectives that describe the one will of God for your life. We know this, we've talked a lot about this in other series, that God has a plan for your life, that he laid that out before you ever showed up. So for you as a Christian, your future is not in front of you, it's within you. To be honest with you, everything that you will ever need in your life is within you. So it's so important. So you are a spirit being. You are a spirit and you possess a soul which is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? And you live in a physical body. You are to be Holy Spirit led through life. Well, how you do that is you have to renovate your thinking because your soulish realm is where you make all your decisions. It's the decision-making center of who you are. How your spirit communicates is through your soulish realm. So what you want to do, if you want to live a Holy Spirit-led life, you have to grow up spiritually, renovate your thinking so that you make right decisions and live your life in line with the, with the word of God, right? The word says a lot of things. Remember, how does it all work? Just real quick, so your mind will perceive things through your senses, right? It'll, it'll tell you, then your emotions, they're gonna tell you how you feel about all this. And then basically a decision will be made and that you will come out of that decision, your will will enact a, a decision and you'll start moving in a direction. You are made, you cannot move in a direction you don't see. Okay? You, you, you are always going to move in the direction of what you see. So you have your mental capacity here, right? 
It all starts with your thought life. And this is why you want to renovate your thinking so that when thoughts are coming in, you take captive those thoughts with the word of God that are not in line with God's word and you embrace and you receive those thoughts that are in line with God's word, okay? So that's how it works. Now, now in order to do that, what happens to an individual is what will start happening is the word of God, if you're receiving right thoughts and you're meditating on the word of God, it will create an imagination in you, in your mind. Uh, it's kind of like a movie that's going on on the inside of you that where you will start to see yourself walking in line with the word. If you embrace wrong thoughts, you will start to see yourself living your life in such a way that's contrary to God's word. So this is real important. If you start doing behaviors that are contrary to God's word, these principalities and powers that are set against you, they're looking, they're, they're watching your mouth. They're listen, they can't read your mind, but they can throw thoughts and then see how you respond to those thoughts. So they watch your mouth, and if all of a sudden your mouth, you start taking wrong thoughts, I can't do this, this is never going to work out. Why am I not healed? You know, all of these things that are contrary to God's word, what they will do is they will create scenarios with circumstances, with people. They'll use whatever they can because this behavior that's come out of your imagination, they want to keep it going in the wrong direction so that you, with your own mouth and your own actions, build a stronghold in your life that will imprison you. Now, the good news about this stronghold that the enemy will trick you into building is the anointing of God. When a stronghold meets the anointing, the anointing destroys it. Doesn't break it, it destroys it so it can't be rebuilt again. So that's why we love the anointing. That's why we worship. That's why we live a life of thanksgiving. We covered a lot of this in some other, these other lessons. I, I can't tell you as, an, as a final days believer, how important it is for you to think right. So this is so, so huge. Our lives are transformed as we renovate our minds. This is huge. We have to learn how to think in line with God's word in our everyday lives. Okay? Because remember, we talked about the subconscious mind if, you're, if you don't renew your mind, everything that's happened to you, all the mistakes you've made, everything that's happened to you, you start to build some detrimental thought processes in your subconscious mind. And it will try to pull you back to where you were all the time, right? It creates, remember we said the subconscious, it'll create like a comfort zone for you. Some people are comfortable in their misery, right? And, and it, it gets uncomfortable to come out of that. Well, God wants you to get out of the boat. He doesn't, he doesn't want your past to dictate your future in any way. The war is for the soul. Why? Again, 
Because your soul is where you make all your decisions. All of them. Every one of them. Your life is literally the sum total of all your decisions. So what do we do? We go to the word of God. We meditate in the word. We put it first place in our life. And what do we do? We allow the Holy Spirit through, through meditation in the word of God. We allow him to open up the word of God to show us God's thoughts. And then what do we do? We keep saying them. We say God's thoughts over and over and over again. Why do we do that? Because what we're doing is we're building God's word into our imagination. Okay? This enables us, so, so this enables us not only to see God's thoughts, because remember what I said, you always move in the direction of what you see. You can't go in a direction you don't see. You will actually say what you see. So as you build God's word into your imagination, you start seeing his thoughts, and it will cause you to move in the direction of those thoughts. The walk of faith is very simply this. You meditate in the word of God because you've put it first place in your life. You meditate in it until the Holy Spirit brings revelation of God's word. God reveals something about himself and then you progress. Without him revealing, guess what you're doing? You're just living your own life. You're hoping you get it right. It's amazing to me when when I encounter an individual that will literally go, man, I really believe God is telling me this or leading me this way, and, and it's completely contrary to God's word. It's like, and, and then when it doesn't work out, what's amazing is they, it, doesn't, it doesn't alert them. If I'm ever living my life going, hey, you know, Pastor Teresa, I, I'm, I just, you know, I really feel real strongly about this. I, I was just encountering this situation. And all of a sudden I find out I'm completely wrong with that. That should immediately alert me and go, wow, I must have a blind spot in my life. But it doesn't with people. Because of why? Because we've got these detrimental thought processes, part of which are religious. I've got to be a certain way at church. Right? I've got to be a certain way so I can't let anybody know. So then, I, then what do I do? I've kind of been moving. Well, God's leading me in this direction. Well, it doesn't work. Well, you know, God, no, God's leading me over here. Instead of just going, wait a minute. Man, I miss that. I miss that. Saying that is probably one of the greatest things some people can do for themselves. There's freedom in that. Because to not say that you're living in deception. Because with God, there is no gray area. There's no gray area at all. There's no, there's no darkness in him at all. So we see God's thoughts as we meditate, and it, it moves our life in the direction. Being led by the Spirit of God, it's not this set of principles. It's a sensitivity that I maintain. I know his voice. One of the things that I do to know his voice is I walk around all day saying I know his voice. Right? 
I'm led by the Spirit. I am his child. I'm led by the Spirit of God. It's amazing how that works. So turn to Ephesians chapter 4, because I want to see, I want to show you a picture here in verse 17. It says some things. It talks about how we were before we were saved. And then it talks about being renewed in the spirit of our mind. And I want to start to go in this direction. Ephesians 4, 17, it says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. Now, he's, now Paul, inspired by the Holy Ghost, is writing this letter to the church. Right? At the beginning of the letter, it says, To the saints which are at Ephesus, that's not even in the original writings. It is written to the saints. It was to be a circulatory letter. So this letter was written to Faith Family Church. It's written to every believer. It is not written to unbelievers. This is written to believers. He's saying, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, how do they walk, Paul? In the vanity. That word vanity means in the destroyed and wasted condition of their mind. This word mind, it's interesting, the Greek word means intellect. People that are not born again, they do not have the mind of Christ. So what they walk... They walk in the destroyed and wasted condition of their intellect. It's, it's amazing that God, by the Holy Spirit, is telling believers, listen, don't walk like them. In other words, you can. Interesting, isn't it? Don't walk like someone who doesn't know God, don't walk in the destroyed and wasted condition of your intellect. Don't walk like them. And it says here, having the understanding darkened. Well, why, why does an unbeliever have their understanding darkened? Romans chapter 1, when they chose not to glorify God as God, and were not thankful, they were given over to their vain imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. What? So now, the same person who wrote Romans, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is now writing Ephesians. This sounds a lot like that, having the understanding darkened. Do you know a Christian? Have you ever met a Christian that didn't glorify God as God? And we're not thankful. And they were walking in vain imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Yeah. All we have to do to walk like that is nothing. Right? And it says this, being alienated, or in the Greek, being a non-participant from the life of God through the ignorance, through the lack of revelation knowledge that is in them. Why do they lack this knowledge? Because of the blindness of their heart. This word blindness is interesting. It means because of the hardness 
and because of the callousness of their heart. We got to be real careful. That's why we have to guard our heart with all diligence. Out of our heart flow the issues and the boundaries of life. Right? So let's keep this going. So they have their understanding darkened. And when your understanding dark is darkened, you become a non-participant of the life of God because of the callousness or hardness of your heart. Do you know how many believers live in that? And they run around saying, I can't have what God said he gave me. And this is usually what it is. Because I'm just not worthy. I'm just not good enough. Because they're looking at their behavior and they're allowing their behavior. They're allowing their past failures. Which is a result of them not renovating their thinking. Right? Have we all been there? We've all been there. Aren't you grateful for God's mercy? This is why God says, listen, I'm the God that doesn't upbraid you. I don't get down on you for the mess you've created. Why? Because he wants you to run to him. This is why all the epistles are to show you who you are, what you've been given. Listen, what the Holy Spirit says to you when you really mess up is, listen, Tony, you're righteous. You don't have to do that. Right? That's, that's what God does. So we don't want to walk like this. Now look at this. They walk in the blindness, the hardness, the callousness of their heart. Now, we got to look at this word heart because it's not talking about your spirit. It's the Greek word cardia. It's the blind, hardness and callousness of their mind. This is why a believer can walk like this. Because if they don't renovate their thinking, it takes your spirit captive. Because your spirit doesn't want to think like this. Your spirit doesn't want to do this. But it can't, it can't stop it. Right? So this is why you have to renovate your thinking. So that when your flesh rises up and wants to do something stupid, that you're strong enough to go no. You rise up with the renewed mind and tell your body no. And guess what happens when you tell your body no? It'll say okay. Now, it'll keep trying to fight you, but it'll always submit. Right? But look at this. Look at verse 20 now. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth that is in Jesus. What have you been taught? This is what you've been taught. Look at this. That you put off, verse 22, concerning the former conversation, the old man. This, for, this, this former conversation, that literally means that former manner of life. You have to put it off. Don't beat yourself up if you act like you did before you were saved, right? Or if you know, don't beat yourself up. Do something to change. You've got to put it off, right? You've got to put it off, and we're going to talk about, well, actually, this whole series is telling you how to put it off. You have to renovate your thinking, right? You put off concerning the former manner of life, the old man, which is corrupt according 
to the deceitful lusts. And then it says this, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Sounds a lot like Romans 12 too, doesn't it? And that you put on, you put on the new man. Wait a minute, I'm a new creature in Christ. I still got to put it on? Yeah, you got to put it on your mind, which will put it on your life. So many Christians are going nowhere because they haven't put off the old man and they haven't put on the new man. Now, I got to tell you, most of them have never heard this stuff. Right? That's why you're never going to come here. Like, you're not going to come here Sunday and hear this really entertaining, you know, leadership concepts, some nice little stories. Who knows if they're true? Nope. You're going to come and you're going to hear the word because the word is the only thing. It's the law of the mind. We're going to talk about that tonight. The law of the mind is this. When you implant God's word in your heart, it changes your behavior. Not a nice slogan, not a nice story, right? Now, people will just love it, man. They're like, wow, that's awesome. What does that mean? It means absolutely nothing because the enemy's coming. Right? And that's why a lot of people, they don't want to hear the word because it, it stress, it, it puts pressure, it puts pressure on something that they don't want to give up. I'm here to tell you the Zoe life of God walking in it is worth it. It's worth it. I think all of you know that. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Why, why does the world look at a Christian today and they can't tell the difference? They're in the same bars. They're doing the same things. They talk the same way. Well, the, re the reason why is they haven't put on the new man. Yes. Or they're Romans 12.1 or Romans 12.2, right? I'm sorry, Romans chapter 2. They're, they're running around like this. Their personal life is a mess, but they're running around beating everybody up with the Bible. Yes. You sinner, you need to change. And people are looking at people going, that guy's an idiot. I don't, I, wouldn't want, I don't want anything to do with somebody like that, right? They're both, both is, they're both bound. And they just haven't put on the new man. Romans chapter 7, verse 23, it says this. Paul talking about himself in Romans chapter 7. He says, but I see another law in my members or in my flesh. There's a law working in my flesh. It's warring against the law of my mind. The law of my mind is you sow the word of God in your heart and it changes your behavior. Remember Romans chapter 7? I mean, carnal Christians love it. 
Because they're like, yeah, I could relate to Paul. Man, that's so good. The thing I don't want to do, I do. And the thing I do want to do, I don't do. Okay, I think I'm okay. No, you're miserable. You know you're miserable. Paul was miserable. That's how come he cried out. He's like, at the end of the chapter, who's going to save me from this mess? And then he says this, oh, he gives the answer. I thank God that Jesus Christ saved me from this mess. You don't have to not do the thing you should do and, and do the thing you shouldn't do. You don't have to live that way. How do you do that? You put on the new man. How do you do that? By renovating your thinking. You can change your whole life by changing the way that you think. The law of the mind is you put God's word in your heart and it changes your behavior. Right? Man. We've looked at people that have been on fire for God. Most of them have no love walk. That's not on fire for God. A Christian that's judging somebody else needs to put on the new man. Because a Christian that has the new man put on doesn't judge anybody except themselves. Right? Look at this. But I see another law in my flesh warring against the law of my mind and bringing me the spirit man that I am, into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my flesh. I love this because right in Romans chapter 8, it says right at the beginning of the chapter, it says, for the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has made me, half, past tense, made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death, which is in your flesh, Jesus made a way out of it. And, it's, and the way out is renewing our mind with God's word. So, I feel like I got all intense on you guys. I hope you... That's, okay, here we go. There is more to exercising proper control over your soul. There's more and cooperating with the law of the mind than just focusing on the thought of the moment. That's where a lot of people do. They're they're focused on the thought of the moment. No, we need to go deeper than that. We need to change the way we think. The spirit of the mind, what is that? It's the attitudes, the value systems. Right now as you're sitting here, you have attitudes. You have a value system, right? Like, like about five minutes ago, I said something and I could feel somebody got really kind of, it kind of pricked them, right? That's good. I get pricked when I preach. It's all good, right? It's good because it's, it's the word trying to help you make some adjustments. The spirit of the mind is the attitudes. It's the value systems. It's the thing that makes us who we are. The, the thing that gives us these patterns of responses that we do. See, why, when somebody says something to you, do you feel a certain way? There's, there's, there's a value system in there. There's, a, there's something that's driving that, that response. We need to reprogram that with God's word. We must renew the spirit of our minds right? We have to renew it. 
in order to literally experience life change, in order to go a different direction, in order to experience God's words transforming your life. See, here's the deal. When you, re- when you renew your mind, when you literally renew the spirit of your mind, you change, you change these attitudes. You change the value system. I mean, the value system of, man, you slap me, I'm slapping you to, you slap me and I'm going to pray for you. Because I know that's really what's going to keep me free and help you, right? We have to renew the spirit of our mind. And as we renew the spirit of our mind with God's word, we'll experience this transformation in our life. New mental images in our imagination are what still allow us to put off the old man and put on the new man. How do you put off the old man and put on the new man? Again, you go back and you renew your mind. You meditate in the word of God so that all of a sudden God opens up his word. The Holy Spirit opens it up and now you see his thoughts. And then you say those thoughts over and over. And what are you doing? You are literally rebuilding a new imagination in you that's in line with God's word, which enables you to put off this old man and put on the new man. This is so important. And guys, this is why in these walls, there should never be judgment because we are all a work in progress. Right? And you know what? If I, if I, come up, if I tick Leanne off by doing something, she's going to be okay. And she'll eventually, she'll forgive me, right? She'll probably immediately forgive me because, you know, she's going, well, well I wonder what's going on with pastor, right? But, but real, realistically, we're going to be okay. But we got to get it right here so that we can go out there. Because out there, people are living in death. And every once in a while, they get a picture of life And we need to be there with the right word at the right time, loving them, right? Because it could be their eternal, their future, their eternal future. As we change the programming that took place earlier in our minds, our behavior will begin to align with God's purposes for our life. People are running around saying, I have no idea what God... How, how I'm going to walk out God's purpose for my life? I have no idea. You know, I, I failed at it a million times. I just said, no, forget all that. Just start reprogramming. Renovate your thinking. And what happens now as we change this programming that was in us. See, Satan started working on you and I when we were young. Actually, he started working on us before we were born. He started working on our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our parents. Right? So that they could get good and messed up in an area, that that way they could pass that down to us. So we have to reprogram some of these things. The mind of the believer must be renewed from a dependence on self and a dependence on what I'm seeing and feeling with my senses 
to a complete dependence upon God and his word. See, this is why as you renovate your thinking, it brings you into rest. It brings you into peace. Man, Jesus dealt with a lot of stuff in his life. But he always was at peace because he knew, right? He knew, I'm just, I'm just here to do the will of my Father. I'm completely dependent upon him. He even said two times in one chapter, listen, these miracles you're seeing, I'm not doing them, my Father does them. I mean, it literally, that's Zoe life when you cease from your own works. The highest expression of faith is rest. But this is how you experience that rest. Well, we've been talking a lot about that. So turn over to 1 Peter. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. I love this verse in verse 13 because it really reveals something about our minds. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. You guys doing okay? I, I hope so because I'm having fun up here. So this is good. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13 it says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Boy, that's an interesting way to put it. The loins, that is, that Greek word means it's the seat of procreative power. In other words, this, this word was denoted how all biological life is conceived and brought into the natural arena. He called your mind the loins. The, your mind has procreative power? Yes. Your mind has the ability to conceive things and bring the life of God into the natural realm, just like certain parts of the human body can bring conception and the birth of a baby. Your mind has procreative power. He said, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. That means sound-minded. And hope to the end. Confidently expect to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Bible is telling us that we're to be sound-minded and we're to expect. We're to expect what? To the end for the grace of God that will be brought to me through what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, I'm to expect that as I meditate on the promises of God, that revelation will come to me and it will literally bring me into the grace of God, which is the finished work of Jesus. In other words, it, it literally, I have to gird up the loins of my mind so that I will expect everything in this word to come to pass. That's, that's basically what he's saying. Why? Because, let's go to the parable of the sower, right? The sower sows the word. Jesus said, if you don't get this parable, you can't understand anything about what I'm talking about. And basically the parable was this, that the human heart, 
The spirit of man grows things. It grows out of your heart, right? But it can't do it if you're not making right decisions. So that's why your mind has procreative power. It will bring all this spiritual blessing that God has given you into this natural realm, right? The Bible says it this way, you will have what you say. This is why that works that way. Because when God speaks it, if he says, I'll give you the desires of your heart, if he says every good and perfect gift comes from me, if he says, I know those things which you need before you even ask them, well, of course he does. When did he know what you need right now? Way before you ever showed up on this planet. And he already went ahead and provided it for you. And now, as you renew your mind with the word of God, you're, you're literally what will happen now, the soil will be good ground. You'll water it until the word grows up and manifests on the outside. Don't, don't try to make things happen. In our, in our circles, that's what happens. We learn some things and then we get all technical. Okay, uh, what's the difference between faith and belief? What's the difference between, you know, f- belief and hope? Time out. Are you kidding me? You're putting all the pressure on you. Yeah, but I just, you know, Brother Hagen just, I got to know what he knows. Listen, when he got healed, the greatest miracle that happened in his life, he didn't know anything. Right? As a matter of fact, preachers had come in. He went to his mom and said, Mom, is healing for me? I, you know, son, I don't know. Preachers had come in and go, why are you reading the Bible? Why, you know, why don't you just read some other things? Enjoy yourself for the short season before you die right? He didn't have one person, and all Jesus said to him when he finally, I mean, he'd read the word, and he would go fall out of consciousness, and, and you know, it took him forever. He gets to Mark chapter 11, or no, he gets to the woman with the issue of blood, and Jesus says to him, just down in his spirit, if her faith would make her whole, your faith will make you whole. And then Jesus said, you know, whole people should be out of bed. Well, he's paralyzed. I mean, think about what the woman with the issue of blood knew when she got healed. Think about what the leper knew. You know, the leper did not walk up to Jesus with a King James Version Bible that he had been meditating on for years and years. No. The woman with the issue of blood, she had heard of Jesus. She heard he healed. That's it. I'm telling you, God's word is a seed. And if we'll renovate our thinking and gird up the loins of our minds, we will live with expectation that everything he's promised, he will perform it. The word works all the time and we'll get away from this. The the detrimental thought process that Satan wants every one of us to live in is the word is just not going to work for you now right? You can get beyond all of that. God created your mind with the capacity to bring the life of God into manifestation in this natural arena. 
When you're born again, the life of God takes up residency on the inside of your spirit. The challenge of the believer is to get the spiritual truth that's on the inside of you out into this natural arena. Your mind has the power to do that. When you put the law of the mind to work and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, it will produce the will of God and the life of God in your life. This is why Jesus says, listen, fix your eyes on me. Don't try to figure this out. Just fix your eyes on me and I will get you to every destination that you want to get to. Well, I'm believing God for this. Great. Thank him for it. Once you believe you receive, then get your eyes. Just keep your eyes on him. Satan will jump on your shoulder and throw thoughts. How's this going to happen? Man, how are you feeling now? This is not. Forget all of that and just, just literally renovate your thinking. With the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. We do everything. We will read books on faith. That's great, but don't ever, don't let this ever get second place. Yeah, but pastor, this is, this is where we are. Why don't we read this? Can we be honest? Because, gosh, pastor, I read this, but I just don't understand it. Right, right. Just keep meditating in it because you can't understand it on your own or with your own intellect and see it get your flesh riled up because when you get hungry for the things of God, guess what? You want to know everything right now. Well, guess what? You're not going to know everything right now. I have people come to me and go, wow, pastor, I just wish I knew the word like you. And it makes me laugh because the more you learn, the more you realize, wow, I thought I really was kind of like this, and then all of a sudden, God revealed himself, and I went, whoop, oh. But, but at, when, you, when you feel like you don't really know anything, you realize, wait a minute, it's not about what I know, it's about who I know. Man, talk to me in a million years from now. I'm going to look good in a million years. I'm going to look better than I do now, right now. Right? Even though I look good right now. Right? I look good right now. But I'm going to look better. But man, we'll be talking. We'll be just like, wow. You know, how did we do anything? Oh, wait. We didn't. He did. Because on the earth, we had such a small revelation. And we'll be looking and going, wow. There were times when actually I thought Satan, right? Remember, do you, you guys know when he's thrown and it, the Bible says we're going to look on Satan, and we're going to look at him, and, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to be like, that's the guy? Are you kidding me? I put up with that for this long because of him? Wow. Right? This is, this is the thing. You have the very life of God on the inside of you, and if you'll renovate your thinking with the word of God, listen, you can literally know, you, you're reading something and you don't get anything. You're just, what you don't realize is you're getting a lot. You just haven't figured it out yet because your spirit, the Holy Spirit's talking to you. But then all of a sudden, this little nugget will make sense to you. And you're like, what? I mean, have you ever done that? You run around, wow, are you kidding me? And it's like, 
just this little tiny. But we get so excited. God wants you to live in excitement all the time. I'm telling you, it'll produce the life of God. So let's jump back real quick. Adam was not deceived in the Garden of Eden. He chose to disobey God's word and look at what it did. It affected all of humanity. In the same way, when you and I choose not to obey God's word, it doesn't only affect us. It affects everyone. Or it affects others. It affects our fruit. It affects everything. So this is why this is important. Our choices, your choices, affect everybody else. I remember one time, man, when I was at Rama, we were sitting there and Willie George he was pastor, or he was preaching. I mean, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, Willie George, the pastor, he said, he said, dads, fathers out there, if you don't deal with the sin in your life, your sons and your daughters are going to have to deal with it in their life. Man, we could help people. So here's the thing. When we walk out God's plans for our life, what do we do? We will touch others who are our fruit. You touch them today, right? You'll touch them tomorrow probably. You, have you ever met somebody and you just, there's just something, right? Choices that you make in your life affect your fruit. So Adam was separated from God because of spiritual death. In other words, Adam, when he sinned, he lost his connection to God. But God had a plan of redemption. Jesus came as the last Adam, and he restored the connection. Right? So now we have that connection back. Before the fall of man, Adam, he didn't learn. He discerned. You don't learn the Bible as a New Testament believer. Now, you could memorize and study. That's great. But how you grow is as you're meditating, as you're studying, as you're even memorizing Scripture, that's all great. But it's just reciting like a parrot, words on a page, until it opens. And when the Holy Spirit opens it, now you discern it. You actually see it. And you know it. And see, when you see the word, you'll move in the direction of it. Why doesn't a person honor God in their finances? Why, why, do, they, why do they not tithe? Why do they not sow offerings? Because they don't see. In our circles, man, there's a ton of people that could quote every, every scripture on finances. But they don't see any of them. That's why they don't, they don't know God as their, belief, as their, as their supply, as, as they're to supply, so that they're, they're withholding. Why does a person not forgive? Right? Because they don't know that, they don't have that revelation of God. There's a fear there. What we're, where we're going with this is tests and trials. I'm not going to get there tonight. There's tests, trials, and pressures that come for the word's sake, but Satan wants to put pressure on you so that you make a wrong decision. Right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here they are. They're called to this meeting. All of a sudden, they're seeing this 90-foot 
likeness of this God that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they're like, what's going on? And they come, and pretty soon the orchestra starts playing, and then pretty soon somebody stands up, or Nebuchadnezzar stands up and goes, okay, here's the deal. This is the, this is, this is the God that I've, I've erected his image, and whenever the orchestra stops playing, I want you to bow down to my God. Instantly, pressure. And then he says this, and if you don't bow down, I'm the guy, I'm the most powerful man on the planet, and if you don't, see that furnace over there? The same hour you'll be thrown in and you'll be dust. So now, all of a sudden, they got up that morning, they're going to another meeting with all the leaders in, in, the, in Babylon. Next thing they know, instantly they are faced with a life and death situation. This is why it is so important. Why is that story in the book? Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had renewed their mind to something before they ever got there. So they were ready for it. Right? But pressure came. What was the pressure coming for? So to get them to make a wrong decision. Everything about Satan, he's going to try to pressure you to get you to make a wrong decision. And, and, and we don't, now it's not just big things. He comes against the little things. Right. He'll put pressure on you. Man, my schedule is just super busy today. I'll, you know what, I'll just, I'll just not get in the word today. I'll get in the word tomorrow. Right? And what happened is pressure caused you to not meditate in his word day and night. And those little principalities are going, okay, we're liking this. Let's try to keep this pattern going. Have you ever, see, when I, when I was a national sales manager living in Southern California, I was busy. And then we went to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma to be a Bible student. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Who would ever move there, right? And you're thinking, well, surely we wouldn't be as busy there, and we were more busy. Then we move to Fairfield, Iowa. Surely, small town Iowa, life slow. I was massively busy there. And Satan will keep you so busy. Well, I just got to get through this and then I could serve God and get through this. And pretty soon, you're 70, 80, 90 years old or you go home and you stand before the Lord and, and you've missed it. How do you keep that from happening? Right? Because life is a vapor. It's a mist. It's here and it's gone. It's crazy now. I talk in decades. <laughs> right? I sorry, sorry. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I realize I've lived in Nebraska longer than I've lived any other place. Right? It's, it's like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Nebraskan. I'm not a Southern Californian. I'm not a Chicagoan. Right? I'm a Nebraskan. Is a Chicagoan a thing? I, I don't know. You know, maybe. Right? But it, it just goes fast. Guys, your life goes so fast. We're going to be saying, you know, we lived on that earth. We had this life. It, it just went so fast. This is why we, we have to we have to get in the word of God so we discern things. After the fall of man, man needed education, which is based on reason. 
right? Pastor Edwin, you teach at Elkhorn High School. Pretty much everything you teach is based on things that have been found in the natural realm, right? Go to medical school, go anywhere, all of it, it's, it's all based on that. But everything he does as a pastor, it's not based on reason. It's based on faith and it's based on revelation knowledge. See, the enemy now, because of the fall of man, could use the world system to create circumstances so he could teach man how to think and what to think on. I went to college, I graduated from high school back when dinosaurs roamed the earth in 1980. And I went to college and man, in 1980, I was daily attacked for my faith. Daily. Why? Because the enemy wants to use the colleges and universities to teach people how to think and what to think on. <clears throat> and let me tell you what the, what the final outcome of all of it is. You don't need God. Right? The enemy is constantly throwing thoughts at us through what we observe, through our associations, through teaching that we sit under. Why? For the purpose of creating vain imaginations, detrimental thought processes, and eventually strongholds that, will, that, that enable him to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. That's why it says in Romans chapter 8, it says in verse 5, For they that are after the flesh, they do mind, they do pay attention, the things of the flesh. Right? They that are after the flesh are paying attention to the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, this is talking about our human spirit, talking about living out of our spirit, the things of the spirit. And then it goes on and it says, for to be carnally minded is death. So if we are, if we're literally paying attention to the actions of our flesh, it can only produce death. But to be spiritually minded, the Bible says, will bring the Zoe life and the peace of God into your life. So let me just make this real simple. Receiving things from the outside, right, enables the enemy to deceive. The enemy comes in through the mind of man to deceive him. So that's why God is saying, you got to be led from the inside. You, God wants, see this, you can't learn. Well, have you ever met somebody that learned this with their mind? Wow. Please, I've got to go, right? I can't listen to this. It's like, it's like, seriously? Right? I mean, we're living in this right now. It's preached massively from our pulpits that God is in control of everything that is happening right now. Yeah, no. Because God's in control of everything that's happening. Rape, murder, abortion, lawlessness. He's in control. If he's in control, we are all in trouble. Right? 
So, so where, where do they get that? They don't get it from revelation knowledge of the word. Because how could he be in control of all that's happening in the earth? I mean, just think of your own life. Think of the last time you told a lie or that you gossiped. God hates it, but he didn't stop you because he can't. God works overtime to protect your free will. So why do we have all this junk going on in the world? It's, it's a result of bad choices. It's a result of vain imaginations, reprobate minds. It's a result of the enemy who's working behind the scenes to steal, kill, and destroy. Thank God we could come in as Christians and live in the blessing of God in the midst of this corrupt world and show the world that you don't have to, you don't have to live this way. Right? God could prosper you in any situation. God can protect you in any situation. He doesn't have love. He is love. He's not sometimes merciful. He is full of mercy. People need to know this. So this is huge. We have to be led by the inside. Well, next week when we get into this, I want to start talking about the will. Your will is the part of you that if it's not renewed, will say to you, I want this and I want it right now. And when Satan puts pressure on you, you make a decision going in the wrong way every time. You'll start making decisions. Could you imagine if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when the pressure was put on them, could you imagine had they just decided to make, you know what, let's just, let's just bow, and then we'll go to God later, and we'll just say, hey, we really didn't mean it. <laughs> no. Wouldn't be in the book, Right? Would God forgive them? Yeah. But would that detrimental thought process end up messing their life up? Yeah. Yeah. See, this is where we're going with this, guys. Satan is going to put pressure on you to try to get you to make wrong decisions. Right? Do you know how many young ladies make wrong decisions physically when pressure is put on them because they just want to be loved. And gosh, if I don't give him this, he doesn't love you if he has to have that right now. If he has to have that before he stands before God and makes covenant, run. Amen. But why, why do people do that? Because of pressure. Why, why do people, we had, a, we had a young lady in our church in Mount Pleasant, grew up, loved God, went to one party took drugs one time and OD'd and died in high school. One time. Never been to another party. Never One time and the enemy stole her life. Why? Because pressure was put on and she made a wrong decision. Was she a bad person? No. No. I'm not looking at any bad people here. But we've all made wrong decisions. But we're, we can learn how not to. Because you can renew your mind, and what the renewed mind will allow you to do is it'll allow you to stand under the pressure and always make the right decision so that you walk in victory and you walk free from all this stuff.